Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Living Astrology with Janet Hickox. Happy Monday morning. It's time to grab your cup of coffee or your tea, sit back, and let's chat about what is happening up in the stars above us today and looking ahead at the week, which, by the way, this is the ending of the first month of 2023. We're looking at going into February on Wednesday, which reminds me then that Tam Veyu of the Energy Almanac will be with me on Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. right here. Uh, to uh, have a discussion with me about what is coming up in February. Now, I kind of feel like February is going to be a squeeze play, right, in between January's changes and March's very big changes. So think about February as being uh, the the pause, maybe, or the um, shelter from what will likely become a very busy storm season coming ahead, March, April, May, and June, even into July. So uh, February does have its own brand of things coming up. So we will be talking about that with Tam on Monday morning. This week, today through Sunday, is a fairly quiet week. Now, that doesn't mean that there's nothing going on because we have the moon, of course, moving through different signs, always changing up the energy. Uh, and we do have a couple of big uh, transits that could be considered big. They're both squares. So we have some, you know, tension going on in the latter part of the week. But the first part of the week here, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, literally very calm and cool. And we also have a change in the human design chart as we get into uh, February 2nd. That'll be on Thursday. And then we also have a change in the nodes coming up. Now, in astrology, the nodes are not changing signs. But as you know, in human design, each few degrees of the zodiac has a different energy. In uh, human design, those are called gates. And so we have a shift coming up in the energy of the gates. Now, that doesn't happen until February 6th end of the week. So we don't have to really worry about that now. I'll be talking about that on Friday, most likely before we head into the weekend's full moon. So it's the end of the week that really has more of the juice, more of the energy heading on uh, earlier this week. You know, we're still in what I would consider that dream time part of the year where uh, we have this moment where we can really experience what it would be like if we lived out our dreams. What would it be like if what we wanted actually came through or if we, you know, allowed for what we wanted to manifest in our lives? So the first couple of weeks of the new year and also the first couple of weeks then of the human design new year are really about the exploration of who we want to be or of what we want to do. So we're heading into the very last few days of what's considered that dream time. And as we move into midweek, we'll change the gates in human design. The sun will move into the gate 13, which begins the new story, right? That's beginning to tell the new story, what comes next. And so think uh, for these first few days, while we don't have a whole lot of astrological juice going on, uh, 
think about what it is that you would really want, right? If you haven't already gone through a process of looking at your plans or your goals for the year, these next few days are really good days to kind of firm that up. Especially now with all planets moving forward, we have the opportunity to actually take those dreams, take those ideas and put them into play. Hmm, why, right? That's kind of, you know, something unique for, uh, the beginning of the years lately as it's the last planet or Uranus being the last planet that typically is going uh, direct in usually January. So for the last uh, few years, it's been January where we get that bump where all the planets are forward motion for a bit. And right now we are in that spot. Good morning to people who are showing up already. Debbie Tibbetts Tumiel, hello to you. Tom, Aloha Astro Family, let's brew some creativity. We've got all the ingredients. This is that week for sure, Tom. Joan Durchy, good morning. Amy D, good morning. Kajella, good morning. Christine, hello. And Corey, nice to see you out there. And JLo, hello. She says, hello, human or hello, Astro Design Tribe. I love it. So today, as I said, I don't have a terrible a lot to talk about. We do have some things to talk about, which is going to give me an opportunity then to do some teaching uh, on human design, uh, something that I was thinking about all weekend long, uh, that there are two big classes of people in human design. I mean, certainly we have five types and we have other ways of looking at human design through gates and planets and all of that. But there are two big kinds of people. One set is about the people are who are here to do, and then the other set is about people who are here to wait. And that really drives what, how it is that you are here to enter into life in general. So I want to talk about that, and I might want to do that through people's charts, right? We can look at people's charts. So if you're out there and you're listening and you want me to take a look at your own chart when I tell you it's time, don't do it now because I'll lose it in the chat stream. Um, if you would like me to use your chart as an example and talk through a little bit of what does it mean for you to do, or if you're a two weight, what does that mean? Uh, then uh, we'll we'll be able to do that toward the uh, end of the broadcast. So let's jump in, shall we? Today we have the moon moving in, or it's already moved into the sign of Gemini. You know how I could tell? Because first of all, all of my equipment here, my very Gemini sort of equipment, printer in specific, went wonky this morning. Couldn't print anything. Even though all weekend long, I was able to print charts up for the week, <laughs> even though uh, Terry from the living room was able to print stuff up for himself. But this morning, mm -mm, nope, it says it's not going to work. So, mm. and I just didn't have the wherewithal to, to mess with it this morning. I almost said some bad words. <laughs> anyway, so I'm just leaving it and I just hand wrote on a piece of paper what it was that I wanted to say without the benefit of the chart uh, printed in front of me, which is how I usually do it. So it kind of tells me that the week is going to be really about being flexible, right? The moon in Gemini does bring up this mental energy of flexibility, but apparently we are also going to need to be flexible, adaptable, malleable uh, in what we do as well as what we're thinking about. And that's a specific moon in Gemini kind of thing. It, it kind of pushes us to to be the 
uh, the flexible person here, right? Bendable and to just yield to whatever the energies are that are required in the moment, right? It doesn't, I don't have to have the chart printed in order to do what I do, but it's my crutch, right? It's like my thing in the morning. I, I sit down, I have this chart in front of me and I can see what the things are doing and I work with it from there. So today I had to do it a different way and that's okay, right? Just doing things a different way. And that may be a clue to the week ahead for everyone is that maybe it's time for us to do things in a, a different way, to be more open to change, to be more open, and that's a theme later in the week, and to be more open to seeing how things could be other than the way they've always been. So Moon and Gemini, be flexible. It is also a sign of logic and being able to see all sides of something and then choose from what makes the most sense. These are also quick thinking times, right? Gemini energy is quick thinking, and we can, with the Moon, align our emotional awareness and our thinking awareness fairly quickly. And sometimes that's a good thing. Sometimes that's not such a good thing. Uh, but that is a part of the experience of what we're learning about this week. Uh, Gemini is a sign of motion, always in movement. You might notice I'm always moving my hands. The hands are part of Gemini. And it's on the move kind of energy. So moving from one thing to another, moving from one place to another, driving short trip kind of, of things, going to the grocery store, maybe taking a trip out to the, for me, I would take a trip out to the water. Today's such a gorgeous day. Um, and uh, that movement energy is all a part of the Gemini experience. Moon and Gemini, we may all be feeling like we're in motion. And of course, Gemini is the sign of the communicator. So we have that idea of networking or socializing, um, using the internet to reach out to our networks, i.e. social medias and things like that. Uh, the internet is ruled by Gemini. So we have that as well. Gossip. I always forget this part about Gemini energies that loves information and sharing ideas and sharing information, which in the more negative aspect could be about sharing gossip, right? Things that we hear about other people or about things that are coming up. Now, gossip is not necessarily a positive expression. It's not necessarily in the negative either. So just being aware of what it is you're sharing and are you oversharing? right? Oversharing or sharing information that wasn't yours to share. That's another aspect here. Um, in relationship, the Gemini energy really is about our siblings, uh, about our neighbors or our neighborhood, uh, and maybe even our schoolmates or roommates, uh, people that live, you know, within proximity of your uh, own dwelling, uh, colleagues even, right? When you're at work, we spend a good deal of our days working or in a workplace, and our colleagues then become uh, the relating uh, group with uh, Gemini energy. Uh, I already did talk about socializing a bit, but in socializing, there's a lot of uh, communicating with different types of people, uh, many exchanges. My morning started at like, I don't know, 6.30, 6.15 when I picked up my phone and Messenger was already uh, bringing in messages to me. So it is a day where things like that, messages and phone calls and social media can be very activated. And it's not just today. It will be all the way through uh, February 1st when around noon-ish Pacific time, 
the moon will move from Gemini into Cancer. So there's a lot of opportunities these first few days of the week to get chatty, right? To start chatting with people. Now we do have to watch out for a couple of things. Of course, with every sign, we always have to take the good with the not so good. And what we have to watch out for in Gemini is scattered energy, or what we might call a frazzled mind, because Gemini energy can be thinking, you know, I often find myself thinking and hopping from one thought to another, um, from one topic to another and back again. And that, you know, for me, seems okay to do. I don't get too frazzled by that, except at the end of the day, sometimes my mind is just like, you know, too tired from doing all of that jumping around. But for people who are normally uh, able to do this, it can cause a lot of inner tension or anxiety as the mind is leaping from one thing to another. Maybe you've been barraged by a lot of different people that are chatting at you. And so you've taken in too much and it might mean that you actually have to do something physical this week, and at least these first few days, to be able to help the mind release everything that it's holding on to. So in other words, this could become uh, information overload, too much input, not enough output, uh, speaking without listening. That is one of the Gemini things. It happens actually with all of the air signs that we are, that we can think at the speed of light and then we immediately want to share what we are experiencing let's say at the speed of light but if we're in a conversation with someone that can see us jumping into that conversation without completely listening to what they're saying talking over one another and not really hearing right not really hearing so we've got to watch that. So speaking without listening is not a good thing. It kind of waters down the whole exchange of information. And then we need to also watch out for superficiality. I often say this about Gemini energy goes wide as far as, you know, information and what it knows about and what it can talk on. Uh, it is Sagittarius, the opposite side that goes deep, right? Goes deep and knows things in a very deep, maybe even uh, researcher sort of way. So that can be a little bit superficial as far as Gemini energy is concerned, as we only get this much of something that's this deep. And, and if we're trying to hold a conversation about something that we know relatively little about, that can come off as being superficial or not knowing enough, etc. So that is our week. Now the moon is also making some connections today that might be a little bit crazy making. Uh, the first is a square to Venus, which is already in play. The square from the moon to Venus can make for sharpness between us and our loved ones, sharp words or, you know, dismissive kind of, of behavior where we're not you know, we're only half listening to what they're saying and, you know, we just become dismissive of it. It can also affect uh, our, our money and our values and our self-worth. Maybe something else somebody says to us triggers a self-worth issue. So we might want to watch what is the mind moving through today. If it's telling you all the things that are not so good about you, then you need to shut that down somehow, right? Because that it wouldn't be the truth. Um, there's also a sextile to Jupiter, which is a good flow of information between Gemini air sign and Jupiter in Aries and action sign. But it can be a little bit like jumping 
into the fire and then out of the frying pan and back into another fire. So we do want to watch how much energy we're expending and in what way we're expending that energy. And then we also have the conjunction to Mars. Mars still in Gemini, only at about nine and a half degrees or so. He's picking up speed, but very slowly since his retrograde ended on January 12th. So we have a moon, emotional energy, conjunct Mars, masculine aggression or assertive energy. So of course that can drive some conflicts. And when they come together in a conjunction, it's hard to tell where one starts and where the other one starts or where one starts and the other ends kind of feeling. So we can be in a reactive mode today. So we want to watch that. That'll happen later in the day. Uh, So try not to become reactive with those around you, especially if you get triggered emotionally. What is the best way to deal with triggered emotional energy after all? It is to breathe, then respond, not react, right? And then lastly, today we have a trine to the sun. This is good energy for moving forward, uh, for creative energy, etc. So all in all, a pretty easy day, just a couple of things to watch out for. And it is a good start to the week, I think, when we have the moon in Gemini. It starts us thinking, it starts us communicating, it starts us moving through energy. All right, questions. Amy D says, yes, it makes me crazy. (laughs) J-Lo says, sometimes others get lost or others sometimes get lost, sorry. And J-Lo, please take a moment and smash the like button to show support for the information being shared. Thank you, J-Lo, I love the way that you said that. Smash the like button. So hit the thumbs up if you are on uh, the YouTube site. And if you are on Facebook watching this morning, that's where you hit the like button. I appreciate it. And then also because it's moon and Gemini day, maybe consider sharing what you're hearing with other people, right? There's the share button, both in YouTube and in Facebook. And you can share with your friends, share with your, in general, to the public, however you want to do that. Good morning, Londa. It's good to see you out there. Uh, And here, I hope you've been listening. We've been talking about moon in Gemini energy and the moon in Gemini until noonish on Wednesday. And I know you have a big uh, meeting coming up this week. So I'm hoping that that happens maybe when the moon is in Gemini. (laughs) Uh, Your favorite cosmic astrology. Yes, indeed. By the way, just a little bird out there. uh, I'm really considering going back to doing galactic astrology. I kind of cooled off a little bit with that because I felt like I was you know, kind of overwhelmed with learning a bunch of other new things to do with the Akashic records and so forth. But I just can't stop thinking about galactic astrology. So uh, be I haven't gone back yet. So don't just start barraging me with that. But I will definitely be going back to that. It's one of the new things for 2023 for me. And I love it because I mean, I actually ordered books over the weekend. Um, to kind of dive deeper into the history of some of the cosmic stuff that has gone on, the cosmic history. And, you know, that's the part I think where I've, I've held back sharing that with people because that history is so wide and so long. And it's also hard to validate. I mean, how do I know for certain that there was some cosmic war that went on? 
and you know that this group was trying to overtake that group and what have you i mean most of that comes through channeled works so you really have to be you really have to trust the source right and that's been the key for me is that do i really trust the source so it does require actually you know a little bit more wider reading and researching and exploring uh in order for at least for me to be more comfortable uh in sharing that galactic history with people but i do like the idea of as londa calls it a weaving of new energy and so i like the weaving of that cosmic or galactic astrology into the story of who you are and it's very easy to see where you've been it's very easy to see planets or systems that you lived in uh, planetary systems that you were um interacting with in different lifetimes uh through a special galactic astrology chart that we can do so uh that is just something that occurred to me this morning that i really actually i've been thinking about it all weekend as i'm ordering books for that um wanting to jump back more into that one so that's coming up let's talk about a couple of the transits for the week and then we're going to trans for over to human design teaching where it'll be time for you to tell me whether you want me to take a look at your chart but not yet hold for that for a minute so at the end of the week today uh this <laughs> the end of the week today uh-huh the end of the week we have two squares one between the sun and uranus and the other between venus and mars Hmm. And these are important times, right? When they these kind of squares come up, remember squares are a 90 degree relationship between the planets and a 90 degree relationship brings up challenge. So we're being challenged by something. And often with that challenge comes this anxiety or this tension uh, or this restlessness to do something or to get over something to let go of something whatever it is that needs to be done so be ready for change is the big thing that i can say for the end of the week and as we go further into the month of february it's going to be you know kind of the tone being set for where do we go from here and what do i do from here and you know, one of the reasons why I want to talk about whether you're a person that's here to do or whether you're a person that's here to wait is because that's really going to help you decide or be in alignment with what the natural next steps are for you. Hmm. Okay, so that's kind of getting a little bit of a head. Now, the sun in a square to Uranus, remember the sun is the force of our personality. It's who we are. It is what we are good at. It is our ego selves. And Uranus is a planet of change, transformation by liberation. <laughs> and sometimes that is taken in a no prisoners sort of way or take no prisoners sort of way. Um, sometimes it happens in a flash uh, sometimes it happens against our own will, even we feel like, but the sun now coming into the square with Uranus is very much about change, feelings of that anxiety or that tenseness, like where do I put all this energy? And the, the big thing I can say about any of this for you or the way out of this or the antidote, if you will, is to be proactive when you're feeling that there's something that needs to change or where you have this restless feeling be proactive begin to take the steps to move toward um, the freedom because 
uh, all in all, this is really going to be about liberation, right? What kind of weights can we take off of you? Uh, what kind of things must you let go of in order to be able to be free to move and to move ahead, essentially, right? Moving ahead, not backwards, <laughs> moving ahead. And it's also the potential for the expression of genius, where out of the blue, it comes in and you're just, wow, right? This is what I've been waiting for. Uh, and that kind of generates a breakthrough. But the breakthrough can happen after the tension, right? Tension breaks. It's like a storm brewing, right? And then suddenly the lightning flashes and the thunder rolls and, you know, the storm breaks, the rain starts to come in. And this is kind of how we could characterize the week, although maybe not stormy, but for some of you, it might be. It depends on how much resistance you've been in around change in your life, around moving forward in your life. If you've been in a lot of resistance, then Uranus booms in like the, you know, clap of thunder following a major lightning strike, you know, and it jolts you into action. But for those of you who have already been entertaining this idea of change and taking steps, even if they're just little steps forward, then this might just be more of that feeling of being free of what it is that had been holding you back. So freedom, new space right now, free to be able to use my genius to be who I want to be, to do what I want to do uh, as we move forward. So I think sun versus uh, or sun squaring Uranus is an easier, perhaps, ugh, e as soon as I say easy, somebody's going to have, you know, a major issue and then go, I thought you said it would be easy. <laughs> I think that depends on how easy it is for you as an individual to entertain change. Now, of course, the sun at this moment is in Aquarius and Uranus is in Taurus. So what we have is the juxtaposition of Uranus, the liberator, in a sign that likes to be in a comfort zone, that likes to stay, stay put, right, to stay uh, kind of gets, you know, caught up in comfort zone thinking and doesn't really feel the need to make big changes. And then we have the sun in Aquarius, which is Uranus's territory. So we, if we really look at that, we have a lot of energy for movement forward more than we have for the movement or for non-movement or staying stuck. So that can be difficult for some of the fixed signs. So if you're a Taurus or if you're a Leo or if you're an Aquarian uh, or a Scorpion, you might feel a little less like wanting to change. On the other hand, you guys could be the ones that make the biggest strides because you're finally in a position to releasing yourself from change from the chains that have bound you over the last years. In, of your life. So it could be really interesting for all of us as we go into this week. Now, Venus squaring Mars. Now that's a whole different one. Uh, squaring uh, Venus, the, the feminine principle, Mars, the masculine principle, and they are in a scritchy mood together, right? They are irritable and irritated and irritating and irritating one another. And that can lead to some relationship blowups, perhaps, or issues. Wherever there is a weakness in your relationship, Venus squaring Mars will come along and expose it. And then you have to deal with it, right? You must deal with anything that comes up relationally uh, as the week comes to an end. This can also translate into increased sex drive 
uh, as the two of them together coming together it can have sparks flowing right sparks flying between people it is uh, also a love and hate kind of thing right there's the both energies there and if we default to love things tend to work out better than when we go into hate energy and things end up at war or we end up in a battle or fighting with one another However, there is a high side to Mars and Venus coming together like this or Venus coming into the square with Mars and that it is an extraordinary time for us to express ourselves creatively. So, you know, if you if you take the high side through this very irritable, irritating energy, you can kind of channel it into very deep creativity. And that's how I always think of, of Venus and Mars coming together is that they are creating the, uh, the, the, the inability to stay where you've been or to keep things going the way they've always been. And thus we seek creative solutions to whatever the problems might be. Now, typically Venus and Mars would be about our relationships, about our values, about our money and about, you know, the action steps that we want to take. You know, I'm noticing in relationships right now with people, as I talk to people and do readings and they share, you know, what's going on in their relationships, is that there's almost this feeling of coming to a crossroads in their relationships. So that means, for example, you know, one person's moving off left and another person's moving off right. And how do we stay in relationship if we're moving in two opposite directions or moving toward cross purposes with one another? And that's one of the things about relationships that we have to sol find a solution to or we have to solve that that issue. And one way to solve that issue is to be very willing to hold space for each other to be the creative selves that you are and to be able to hold the space for love to take place even in the face of maybe moving in opposite directions or this won't be necessarily opposite directions but moving differently, right? Um, one person is ready to move forward and do things new while the other person's may be hesitant and holding back. Um, but in a relationship, you find a way to be able to hold space for both expressions. And the square of Venus and Mars will indicate, you know, where that that uh, irritation is or where that potential movement in different directions is versus uh, how it is that you are handling that with one another. So this can relate to both love relationships, business relationships, and, you know, even, you know, relationships that we have with uh, people that are kind of close to us, right? Our work colleagues, maybe neighbors, siblings, cousins, you know, family. Uh, so watch out for this, right? Try to find the creative path forward and not go the route of confrontation and conflict, right? Pick your battles wisely as we get to the end of the week, I would say. Uh, okay, so Londa, uh, are, are you talking to me again? <laughs> kind of. Uh, she says, I got a piece last night that came through Metatron. I love it. Messages from Metatron, like cutting edge, right? A new navigation system for the new human and the earth. It's called Navitron. I love it. Ooh, I can't wait to talk to you about that. 
Uh, so Londa says, I am moving forward. Yay. She's a Leo. So Leo sometimes is one of, it's a fixed sign, right? It's not maybe as fixed as Taurus can be uh, or Scorpio, but it is fixed nonetheless. So um, your big meeting is on Thursday and that day the moon is in Cancer. So now we have a little bit of emotion put in there. Uh, we have actually a, the moon very comfortable in the sign of Cancer. It's her rulership. Uh, so maybe hopefully being able to hold space for everybody's feelings without reacting to people's feelings or emotions. So that we're, we're going to take a look at your chart later this week anyway, or hopefully sometime soon, <laughs> so we can pick and choose what we need to focus on for that meeting for you. All right. Does anybody else have any questions, comments? Uh, I want to save looking at February until Wednesday when uh, at eight o'clock here on Living Astrology, uh, Tam Veyu will join me from the Energy Almanac and we'll take a look together at the most important things for you to know about February. And I think it's too soon to start talking about the full moon and or even the move of the nodes. So I'm going to put a hold on that. Let's just put a pin in it. And now is the time for you to tell me if I can use your chart as a sample for what I want to do next with uh, human design, uh, or at least what I want to do this morning with human design. And that is going to be a problem because I did not open the human design uh, program because my computer had to restart. So let me get that open first. Okay, so human design very clearly delineates a strategy for everyone. Now, your strategy is based on your type largely, uh, but there's also, we can even, you know, simplify your strategy to one of two things. You're here to be a doer, to do, or you're here to wait. Now, if you are here to wait, that doesn't mean that you don't do. It just means that you wait before you do. And if you are here as a doer, there's a much clearer, easier, straightforward path to doing than there is if you are here to wait. Okay. So now most of the doers, in fact, every doer pretty much is, is a doer because they have a motor to the throat. So we have energy centers, right, that are all aligned and some energy, some energy centers are awareness centers. So we have uh, the Ajna, the second center down is an awareness center. We have the spleen as an awareness center. The awareness of the spleen is about time, intuition, health right? It's very powerful for instinctual awareness. Uh, the Ajna's awareness, of course, is mental awareness, the thinking capacity. Now we're talking awareness. There's no, in, in awareness, there is no doing, right? There, so those three centers, oh, the third one is the solar plexus, is the awareness of emotional energy. Now the, the solar plexus is unique because it is also a motor, right? A motor, it has the energy, it does hold the energy for doing. And the uh, solar plexus, like the spleen, they can make it directly up to the throat center. The difference being, when the spleen makes it to the throat, all you have is awareness that you can speak to. When you have the emotional center that makes it to the throat, you now have the energy of doing, 
right? Creative inspiration, perhaps, or just that emotional charge that causes you to move forward or to do something. So there's different ways in which these centers that make it to the throat can behave. Now, the other three motors are the sacral, right? That's the, the motor that is the most impressive in terms of its energy, its sustainable life force energy. Now, that means if you have the sacral defined, then you are either a generator or a manifesting generator. If your sacral is open, you are either a projector, a manifester, or possibly a reflector. If you're a reflector, you would have all centers open, right? So our reflectors are definitely the ones that need to wait, right? They have to wait. They have no centers defined. So there's nothing that's going to make it to the throat center except perhaps by the moon or a transit of a planet or by other people who enter their lives. So this is why in a reflector's chart or a reflector's life, we tell them that you need to wait 28 and a half days or 29 days for the moon to cycle through all 64 gates of the human design so that you really can truly see what it is that you need to do, right? So their doing is very much based on waiting and it's a, it's a much longer wait. Now there's only about, well, there's less than 1% of the planet that are reflectors. And I've had the privilege of meeting several reflectors and they're really beautifully loving people, but they can get very caught up in conditioning as the people around them are likely not reflectors, right? So they're, they're picking up other people's energies all the time. And there's one of my favorite reflectors who just showed up, Terry, good morning to you. So the, the reflector energy is always gonna be about waiting. They cannot jump in and make decisions quickly. Now, a projector is one of the other types that is always going to be a weight because if they, if they had a motor going to the throat, they would be manifestors or perhaps manifesting generators or generators. Now, projectors can have energy that goes to the throat. The spleen, for example, can make it to the throat. Uh, the identity center can make it to the throat. The ajna can make it down to the throat, and thus, I, you know, their their throat center becomes um, what we would say is defined, right? If it's colored in, it's defined. If it's white, it's open. So projectors can have a defined throat, and they still have the energy of needing to wait. In their case waiting for the invitation, either through life or another person, to draw them into the right doing, right? So their action is related to waiting for the invitation in order to do, all right? If you guys have questions, please, please, please fill that in down there and I will get to them. Now, when we look at a manifester, a manifester has an open sacral. So the sacral will never be the motor that makes it to the throat. But there are two other motors. There is the root center. There is the ego or will or heart center. It's the little triangle that sits next to the diamond, the, which is either yellow or white in your chart. Now, I've met many manifestors who have the will center or heart center directly to the throat. They are doers. They are initiator doers, right? That's what they're here to do is to initiate.
I've also met manifestors with the emotional center directly up to the throat center. And that is also doing, but it has a little bit of an element of weight because it is the solar plexus and we're waiting for the truth to come out of that social or out of that emotional wave, right? Is As the wave is flowing either high or low or all the points in between, knowing your truth is related to waiting. So yay though, that is a doer. They also have an element of waiting in that kind of expression. Now, other ways that, for example, the root has no direct connection to the throat, but it can move toward the emotional center and then from the emotional center to the throat. So we would still have a motor to the throat. Um, it can, well, for a manifester, it couldn't move up toward the sacral because then that wouldn't have the motor to the, it would, they wouldn't be a manifester. They would be a generator or a manifesting generator. Um, but it could go from the root to the emotional center, to the heart, and then to the identity center and up to the throat, right? So it could take this, you know, sort of circuitous route. But if the motor makes it to the throat, that makes them a doer just slow down a little bit because if the emotional center is in there. Now, generators are kind of the hybrid type here in between because like I am a generator, you would think a generator would have the energy of doing. I certainly thought so, but I have the energy of doing, but none of the motors make it up to the throat and define my throat center. So I have to wait, right? So generators who have an open throat or who might have a defined throat, but it's the spleen that makes it to the throat or the ajna that makes it to the throat, still have to wait. Still have to wait. Now, manifesting generators are always doers because what makes a manifesting generator is that one of the motors makes it to the throat center. So somehow, some way in a manifesting generator, the throat is going to become defined by one of the motors. And that can be the circuitous route, like we just talked about, going from the root, let's say, to the sacral, to the identity center, and up to the throat, over to the emotional center, up to the ego center, and up to the throat. Uh, or up to the identity center and then the throat, or can go to the emotional center and up to the throat. But the, they would have a defined sacral and they would have a defined throat and the throat is defined by a motor, even if it's defined by other ways as well. Manifesting generators can be defined uh, to the throat in many different ways. So that sort of sets the tone, right, for the five types that you are. So now let's look at people's charts. Are you a doer or are you a person who needs to wait? So let's see. I have got people who are willing to let me use their charts. So let's go back to the beginning. I see Natasha. I see Londa, perhaps. I thought I saw. Okay, so I'm just going to open up my Neutrinos program. And then I, if it's okay with you, I will share your chart on the screen so we can walk it through. Okay, so we can walk it through. So the first person I see is Londa. So Londa, let's get yours up here and give me just a moment here while I make sure I have the right folders open. 
and oh, Londa, Londa, I forgot I have a new program because I haven't talked to you about your human design. So let me get your information in here uh, really quickly. Uh, holy God, I know I should know your birthday. I know it's July. Is it 30th? 3007. I know what year you were born, and I know you were born in the morning. So July 30th, right? That looks familiar. So let me go back to here and share my screen. <sighs> okay, now in just a second, you guys should be popping up and seeing Londa's chart. So the first thing that we see about Londa is that she is a projector. Right there is that projector energy and right here, a strategy that tells you she needs to wait to be invited. So Londa, you are a person that needs to wait, right? When we look at your chart, you do have two motors defined, the emotional center and the root center. Now, if the energy from any of these two centers makes it up to the throat in a chart, you would have, you know, the ability to speak and to be a doer, even as a projector, you might have the ability to do very quickly from um, being uh, invited into something, but your throat is completely open. So, or is open, you have some hanging gates on it. So you are someone that needs to wait. Now waiting for you is really about um, being able to see what feel your emotional energy, to be able to feel what's right and true for you from the standpoint of the emotion. So questions that you might need to ask yourself is, does this feel good to me? Does this feel correct for me? Does this feel true for me? Does this make me happy, right? Do I get excited thinking about doing this? Those are questions that you can be asking yourself to help yourself tune into the emotional field. And the emotional field then in your case is a, a, at least maybe a 24 hour period of time for you to really check in before you take action on an invitation, right? You might have an invitation to join a group and do something, uh, you know, start a project. And the invitation might be literal. It could be they call you up and say, hey, Londa, do you want to join us in this new deal? Uh, it could be, you know, an email that you get from somewhat, some, somebody that says, we're looking for volunteers to help in this program. Those things can be invitations for you. But before you say yes right away, you need to wait, right? Because the emotional center needs clarity and clarity comes over time right? If you had the spleen defined, let's say, you would have much easier, quicker access to your truth, but it's not defined. So you must wait until you have emotional clarity before you jump into or out of anything, which can totally slow down the process, right? The process for you is a little bit slower. For projectors in general, the action takes a little bit more time. Um, because there's no sacral energy that's humming and telling you, mm -hmm, go this way, mm -hmm, do that. Nope, 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 nope. So um, complicating yours a little bit, Londa, is the fact you have the gate 29 defined, and the 29 likes to say yes. It is a gate that says yes, commits. But if you commit too soon, 
you may find that you end up with a drain on your energy rather than something that excites you or keeps your motor running. So again, being careful to wait. You are definitely a waiter, my friend, a waiter, a wait person. Uh, okay, so let's go back here. And if you have any questions about any of that, Londa, you can certainly type that in down underneath. Uh, Natasha says, please look at her chart. So let's look at Natasha. And just one moment while I pull her chart up. And uh, all right, Natasha, I don't have yours here. Why not? Why do I not have yours? Did you end up in a different place? No. Okay, so Natasha, for a moment, you're going to have to give me your birth information. Wait, let me check one other place here. No, I don't want to do that. Bye. And this, maybe you're in. No, because remember, I changed computers. And when I did, I had to upload new software or software once more. So Natasha, I apologize. I don't have yours at the ready. Uh, Corey, so while I'm waiting for your birth information, I'm going to go on to Corey. And Corey, Lord help me, I don't remember your last name. <laughs> Let me see if I can find it under Corey. Um, just a second here. Corey, no, it's going to only give me last name. So Corey, uh, oh my God, what is your last name? I'm totally blank. Let's see if I'm getting it down here at the bottom. Uh, 7-11-66. I'll need birth time and birthplace as well, Natasha. And five minutes, uh, Alanda, isn't going to make a big difference in your um, chart. And Corey Sykes, of course. So let's see if I can go get that chart for you. And let's see, Sykes. There, I have a Deborah Sykes. Who is that? It's not you. Corey. Oh, my gosh. This is, I should have waited to make sure I had everybody in here. Let me see if you're under examples. <sighs> let's go here. Nope. Corey, I'm going to need yours, too. Terry Strauss, I noticed you said that I could use yours, and yours is a great example. Uh, let's go to clients, because I know you're there, because I just saw you recently. Um, Terry. And I'm going to share Terry's chart. <laughs> and you guys are going to be amazed, because she is a reflector. And let's go back to StreamYard and share the screen. Okay, so now you should be seeing Terry Strauss's chart. Now, Terry is a medium. And as a medium, of course, that means she's receiving messages from your loved ones who have passed over. And she is darn good at it, as are a lot of reflectors. So when we look at Terry's chart, she is a reflector because she has no defined centers. So the only thing that can define her is other people's energies and transiting planets and the moon which is a transiting planet of sorts but we call 
reflectors lunar beings because the moon because it moves the fastest moves through her chart and defines different gates for her every day uh, of the week so for example today we're just going to look at today's the 30th and the moon will be through gate 20 and gate 16. so the gate 20 is up here there's not going to be any connection made to anything because of gate 20 for you and 16 there's nothing here either. So no centers become defined today by the moon. Now there may be other centers defined by other planets at this moment in time, but for the moment and going, no matter what's being defined by transits or other people, the truth of the matter is you are always going to be someone that must wait to take action. And big decisions in your life, Terry, have to be uh, taken over 29 days, right? You have to be able to see the reflection of your conversations with other people, your own conversations with yourself over that period of time so that you can see your truth, right? It's harder for you to make a big decision quickly because you're so open and you're not, there's no way for you to tell, am I being conditioned by the people in my home? Am I being conditioned by people I see on a daily basis? Are there planets that right now happen to be connected up and I'm being conditioned by that? And by conditioned, I mean being influenced to make decisions based on energy that is not your own. So Terry always has to wait. And in her case, 29 days to go through the full cycle of the moon when making big decisions. Now, if a friend called you up today and said, hey, hey, let's meet up for lunch, that is not a big decision, right? That one can be done, you know, based on how you're feeling in the moment or based on the schedule you're keeping that day. Um, but when, if someone called you up and said, hey, I have this opportunity for you to join me in this project, that is going to take probably 29 days because it is going to be a big drain on your energy, a big time commitment for you. And you would have to be very clear about whether this is something that was really correct for you or not. All right. So you're always going to be a waiter, right? Always in a waiting mode. Okay. So let me go back to uh, StreamYard. And so Natasha, uh, so no worries. All right, good. And Corey, I saw, I found, I didn't find your name, Corey. Uh, I did find the right day for you. That's good. Uh, so Natasha, uh, we'll do yours another time. And Corey, if you can wait for just a minute, I'll just go to Astro and get yours because I know that program has you in it. Uh, let's go to S. So I apologize for the time lag here, but I really want to. Okay, Corey Sykes is not Yes, there we go. I've got you. And 1500. And Chicago? Nope, nope, Cleveland. All right. So let me enter in your information really quickly, Corey, and then we'll be able to take a look at your chart. So how is everybody doing with this? Are you guys understanding? Uh, what what we're talking about essentially, or is there some question in your mind about it? Do tell, and I'll be happy to answer questions here. 
and find the place. We've got Cleveland. Perfect. All right, Corey, I'm going to share my screen with your chart on it. Perfect. All right. So hopefully everybody is seeing Corey's chart. Now, when we look at Corey's chart, our first thing I'm going to look for is, well, let's first thing I would look for is what type is she? She is a generator, right? She is a generator. So she has a defined sacral and she also has a defined root center. So we're going to check out the motors. The motors are the heart center, the emotional center, the sacral and the root center. Now, what is defining her throat? What has turned her throat on, so to speak? And if we look, we see the only channel that goes to the throat is actually the 1-8 uh, or the 8-1, the, the channel of inspiration. And it's a connection from the identity center to the throat. And the identity center is not a motor. It's a compass, right? The motor uh, energies are down here and the two defined centers that are motors are not making the energy to the throat. The sacral makes it over to the spleen. The root center makes it over to the spleen, but they do not complete the channels that go up to her throat center. Now, other people could come into her life that would do that. For example, um, the gate two would completely close this gap and and get that energy directly to the throat and we have uh the planet uranus sitting at the gate too i do believe checking uranus is at uh gate two so right now you have inspiration that is getting to the identity center and then up to the throat center but that is only temporary for however long it is that that uranus sits here the wisdom in your chart is that you still must wait once you have to wait for one you have to wait because you're a generator and all generator types have to wait to respond to what is showing up in the outer world right waiting for something outside of you that connects to an idea or an inspiration that you had inside you can't just act from that inspiration you have to wait right so there's that but then you're also further waiting because the energy of the generator motors are not getting up to the throat, right? They're not, except through a circuitous route, right? Or somebody else bridging the split, we would say. That's also uh, human design speak, bridging the split. And Uranus right now is bridging the split. And because Uranus has very inspirational energy, it also has very liberating energy. This can be a very good time for you creatively. That's what I'm guessing. There's a very creative energy flow that has been established here. But before you jump out and start something new, make sure it comes from outside of you and it matches something from inside of you and not something that you just have this thought, oh, yes, I should go in that direction and just take action, especially if it's something big that would have a big impact on your life. So I hope this has been kind of helpful for you guys to understand the difference between waiting if you are designed to wait versus whether you are designed to do, right, doing. Now, we are all designed to be able to do right? Eventually, even those of you who have to wait are going to be able to do, but you're just slowing that process down to get clarity about what is the correct next action for you. 
rather than wasting your time and your energy and your resources, you know, jumping out into all different directions, only to have to pull it back in or to get overly committed time-wise or get overly committed energy-wise and leads to burnout or to illnesses or to anxieties, right? So it's very important to understand that difference. And maybe we'll take a look at this again another day. Maybe we'll take a look at this on um, in February. What date will that be? It'll be February 17th when we do the Astro Meetup. And we'll be able to take a look at that if you want to in your chart, particularly uh, if you are confused a little bit about how it is that you're designed to make decisions. Okie dokie. So let's see. Shall I pull a card? We have just one minute left. I'm going to pull a wisdom of the oracle card for us for the energy of the week and see what kind of wisdom we get from, for, from that uh, on proceeding through the week. So don't forget today at 4 p.m., my daughters and I will be on Desire to Inspire. You just go to Desire to Inspire's Facebook page and Facebook group. It's a community. We got two cards popping out of the deck for us today. Uh, that will be at 4 p.m. Pacific time and desire to inspire because I noticed there's another desire to inspire page, interestingly enough. Um, ours has pictures of a rock and key, right? So that would tell you uh, where to be. So the first card that dropped out is called a change in the wind. Card 12 which is a three, kind of speaks to creative energy, but also the potential for scattering energy. The other one that came up is by the book, card number 11, right? Side by sides. How does that happen when this deck is one I use a lot? And it was in protection mode. It was upside down. So let's take a look at first card number 12, a change in the wind. Uh, it was right side up. And it says, the essential meaning of this card is a sense that unseen change has been initiated. Preparation for a storm. Awareness. That's funny. I used storm in my illustrations this morning. Uh, preparation for a storm. Awareness that your plans are not on firm ground. Feeling a shift. Uncertainty about which direction the winds will blow. So here's the message. It's human nature to yearn for certainty and resist change, to want the world to remain consistent like a zebra's stripes. Yet nothing in human expression or experience is black and white, nor will anything remain static. The one thing guaranteed is change. Now is a time of transformation as outer conditions are temporarily moving out of sync with your desires and expectations. Stay the course and remember that even storms serve to clear the air, scatter seeds, and nourish the soil for better things ahead. Life is about to get interesting. Anticipate it with curiosity as you wonder what is coming in on the shifting winds. The unknown is where the magic lies. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. A change in the wind. All right. Now, the card before that is card 11 by the book and it's in protection so the essential meaning of the by the book card is abiding by social rules conformity respecting cultural or family customs universal laws remember this card was upside down <laughs> now is the time for a real change in consciousness as you are incited to revolt holy cow that's such a uranus word Challenge the structures that are limiting authentic progress. 
It is not enough to rebel in small ways. This is a call to revolution. Focus on what you really want to achieve, regardless of whether it feels so far outside the box that the established order may reject it. Genius, invention, and transformation are rarely comfortable and less likely to be accepted by the mainstream. It may be time for you to say no to the way of your group, take a stand, and make real changes. It could be that the structure of your inner world is alerting you to the need for a complete overhaul. <laughs> this is a time for transformation, so let go of the fear of change. Your intuition will lead you through the darkness. There is no turning back now. Trust that light will dawn. Epiphanies will surely lead to miracles. What? All right, so buy the book, which was upside down, and a time, a change in the wind. Uh, both cards totally validating everything that we've talked about this morning. I love it when that happens. All right, guys, thank you so much for joining me today. Much love to all of you. See you at 4 p.m., hopefully. And if not, I will see you Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. when Tam Bayou joins me to talk about the energies for February. Bye for now.